Welcome to the Unapologetically Black Male and Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Rev Kelly, and I am unapologetically a descendant of enslaved Africans here in America. I'm a proud heterosexual male, and I am unapologetically a follower of Jesus Christ. This is a space where voices of love that are not usually heard can be heard. I would like to formally introduce this show and tell you what we are all about. This is a platform where real people discuss real topics and have real conversations. This is not a religious, social, or political platform. This is a show where the thoughts and perspectives of everyday people are voiced and considered. This is not a platform for dissension, hate speech, or anti-government rhetoric. This is a place where the thoughts, feelings, and ideas and concerns that are not voiced in the mainstream can be voiced right here. Welcome to the Unapologetically Black Male and Christian Podcast. The Unapologetically Black Male and Christian Podcast is brought to you by KSI Life. Apply to KSI Life for up to $50,000 in whole life coverage with no agent needed. They cover everything from Girl Scout cookies to airplanes and 49 states. If you're interested in the quote, call KSI Life at 888-520-1175 or email them at info at KSILife.com. I-N-F-O at K-S-I-L-I-F-E.com. The Unapologetically Black Male and Christian Podcast is also brought to you by Lady K Concepts. They provide a holistic approach to event execution. They do everything from weddings, anniversaries, birthdays, and they help you from concept to curation. They even help you with the event strategy, the event design, and event management. If you are interested in uh, having Lady K Concepts design your uh, event or uh, party, go to Instagram and look up Lady K Concepts. Uh, you can find them on Lady K Concepts Instagram as Lady underscore K underscore Concepts on Instagram, or you can find them as Lady K Concepts on Facebook. Also brought to you by RVK Studios, uh, which is a website design and uh, content curator. Um, they can do all of your on online streaming needs, including digital overlays and any and all online content. If you need social media content, you need overlays for your streaming, or you need content for your business, or online or virtual platforms, Please email rvkstudios at gmail.com for more information or a quote. Welcome to the Unapologetically Black Male and Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Rev Kelly. Listen, what if I told you that our government is hiding definitive proof of alien life? What if I told you that a recent poll reports that over 40 million Americans have seen or know someone who has seen a UFO? What if I told you that military leaders and politicians have been trying to deny their existence until now? What if I told you that military and government officials and insiders are breaking their silence and giving us the truth about what they know and why they covered it up. Now, I'm not saying I'm an expert on this topic or that I have information that others don't have. All I'm saying is the proof is out there and so is the truth. So, is this the beginning of transparency in government or is this the government trying to prepare us for something with these new admissions and confirmations of sightings? And if there is a global cover-up, why? And so for those of us who are believers in Christ, what does this mean? This is the beginning of this discussion where we're going to look at the facts and we're going to apply the truth. But is the documentation of these UFOs uh, proof of alien life? And if so, what does the Bible say about it? We see all this and more 
on my unapologetically black male and Christian podcast. This is season two, episode one. We are not alone. Listen, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Tonight's discussion is going to be great. Uh, It's so much information out there, first of all, that it's almost impossible uh, to cover everything in a day. Uh, So we've broken this uh, discussion up into several parts. Um, We're going to air the first two parts. Um, Depending on the feedback we get, we'll air the rest of it. Um, But this is a a very powerful um, discussion. In December of uh, 2020, uh, I put out a post on my social media pages talking about a vision that I had about uh, the skies being opened and the seas being opened up and the things that we thought or the things that they told us were impossible are going to be made possible. And so I'm letting you know that I believe that we are not alone. And in months to come, the government, world governments and proof is going to show that we are not alone. But let's get into uh, this discussion. Um, first of all, um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and I don't um, necessarily know what the truth is. But what I do know is um, that the truth is more than what the government has been telling us. So um, in 1947, there was this businessman named Kenneth Arnold. And um, in June of that year, uh, he uh, was a businessman and he flew. He had like a little private, little small, little plane that he flew. And one day when he was uh, flying back home, he used to like to fly to his office and back home. Um, he reported that he saw about nine high speed objects um, moving across the sky like saucers skipping against the water. Now, this is the the reason why I'm bringing up um, Mr. Arnold is because this is where we get the term flying saucer. So it was in June of 1947 when he described what he saw, the movement of this uh, unidentified flying object. He said it was nine of them and he said they skipped across the sky like a saucer skipping on water. And that's where you get that flying saucer uh, term. And so the media ran with it and uh, said flying saucers in the sky or whatever like that. But two weeks later, um, in 1947, in July, there was reported of, in Roswell, New Mexico, there was a reporting of um, a UFO crash. A UFO crash. You see right here on the screen. This is uh, this is Mr. Arnold's uh, testimony of what happened. They said supersonic flying saucers sighted by Idaho pilot, and he said the speed estimated about twelve hundred miles an hour when he saw it at ten thousand feet up near Mount Rainer where he stayed. So this man, this is what he saw in nineteen forty-seven. Two weeks later, in Roswell, New Mexico, a rancher discovered uh, a mysterious 200-yard-long wreckage. And um, this wreckage was reported to be a downed or crashed UFO, unidentified flying saucer. Now, what made this particular case so interesting was several things. First, um, when he said he discovered this, he said that the material that they found, he couldn't bend it, they couldn't burn it, they couldn't break it. This particular material came, he referred to it as otherworldly or not of this world. And not only that, the United States military was quick on the scene, like they had been tracing it, like they got there quick before before they could even... Uh, get to the newspaper, whatever they came and they um, collect. They they collected everything, 
made everybody go back, you know, uh, set the perimeter and all of that. And uh, they investigated and they took the debris and they said that they it was uh, like 50 semi-trucks worth of stuff they were hauling away. And um, the other interesting thing about it is that the initial army communications to the media was that a flying saucer or unidentified flying object was found near uh, Roswell, New Mexico. But then hours later, they redacted that statement and said that it was indeed a weather balloon. Um, and uh, they made the man change his story, the rancher and all of that. And then years later, he comes out and he uh, regrets that he uh, even lied, but he was under so much pressure and all this other stuff from the government and from people giving him a hard time. But so the next day, the military released a picture showing a piece of the of, of, um, something that was, they said it was a weather balloon that they found. And uh, one of the, 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 the military communications guy um, took a picture and sent it to the media with him holding the wreckage. And it looked like some tinfoil and stuff like that. But this person, the person, Mr. Brazil, W.C. Brazil, who uh, found the actual wreckage, said that um, the material was otherworldly. And not only that, but there was remains um, at the wreckage that they saw. So um, that was uh, very powerful. That was a very powerful um Story and the government covered up that for years and years, and we'll probably get to that a little later. But um, so after Roswell in 1947, uh, in 1948, uh, the United States government created this program called the Project Blue Book, and Project Blue Book whole goal was to investigate these unidentified flying objects these sightings and they were headquartered um at wright patterson air force base in dayton ohio right now the interesting thing about uh project blue book is that it is the longest it is reported to be the longest running ufo investigation by the united states government the government the kicker is that this was uh this was classified they denied that um, e, uh, UFOs existed. They denied any uh, investigation. So this was a blacklisted operation. And Project Blue Book went on from 1948 to 1969. So um, they have movies and all different types of things about Project Blue Book. Um, but they, you ever seen that show, The X-Files? Um that was like Project Blue Books when they went all around the world and they just they uh, investigated all these different sightings and all these different claims and stuff. And so, um, unfortunately for Project Blue Book, it got so politicized um, that the military and the politicians, instead of them uh, investigating to uh, these sightings. They started manipulating Project Blue Book to start um, speaking against these sightings. So when they used to, initially they would go and look at these sightings, investigate them and see if they're real or true and all that other stuff. But as it get, got closer to the end of the program, they were actually going and investigating these things so that they could uh, disprove them. Um, and so Project Blue Book became a propaganda machine uh, for those in the United States government and around the world who did not want the information being put out that there are indeed unidentified aerial phenomena um, in the United States. Now, here's the thing. I know everybody heard about Area 51. The United States government denied Area 51 for over 60 years. Now, in 1947, um, at the Roswell crash, when they found um, 
the wreckage of the U the UFO and some of the bodies, it's reported that they took them to this uh, blacklisted site called Area 51. Now, the government denied that Area 51 existed because everybody was trying to say UFOs because they saw uh, hundreds and hundreds of sightings of UFOs uh, in that area, Area 51. And so they said they would see swarms of them. So I don't know if these UFOs was looking for the, the, the people that, their people that was down in the wreckage. Some people say that the military or the, CIA, the government, the CIA, um, were test flying some of these, um, uh, these re-engineered re um, flying, unidentified flying objects. Um, so this has been a hot spot. Um, there are scientists who used to work at these particular Area 51 labs, like a Mr. Bob Lazar. Uh, Y'all can look him up. Um, where he talked about things back then and the government harassed him. And now all of the stuff that they said was lying and conspiracy theorists said that he was lying, all the stuff is coming out. Like he said back then in the 80s, um, when he when they went into Area 51, they had bone hand bone scanners. You had to stick your hand on this on this thing and it would uh, measure the, the length of the bones in your hand. And if it measured right, you would go inside of the lab and everybody's hand was synced to this particular thing. Well, people was talking about, well, uh, that type of technology didn't exist or whatever. It just came out that they indeed had those things and they was using them uh, long in the 70s in the United States uh, military and uh, Secret Service and CIA. But anyways, Bob Lazar said not only did he see bodies, not only did he work on, they work on crafts, um, but there was this uh, particular metallic um, element that they found. I forgot the name of it. I'm going to get it on the next podcast. But this particular metallic element that they discovered through um, tinkering with these down aircrafts. Ironically, this particular element, um, he was saying that this element existed in the 80s. And now that element is on our uh, scientific chart. That particular element that he said that they said didn't exist is now is on the is, is now on our scientific charts for elements. Um, so I thought that was very very um, interesting. But if you don't believe me, um, check out this video. now learning Area 51, America's capital city for UFO sightings, and the stuff of Hollywood science fiction is apparently real. Here's ABC's Nick Watt. For nearly 60 years, the government denied this place even existed. Sounds odd, but I'm going to call it the most famous secret base in the world, an epicenter of alien intrigue, featured in Independence Day. There's no Area 51. That's not entirely accurate. Even Mulder and Scully visited one dark night. Area 51. Classified experiments involving extraterrestrial technology. Now, for the first time, the U.S. government has released CIA documents showing a map of the secret base in the Nevada desert with Area 51 not redacted. Dun, dun, dun. So, I mean, this might be one step on the road to finding out really what has gone on there. Uh, yes, but I, I wouldn't expect that it's ever going to involve aliens. <laughs> okay. Area 51 has launched a thousand conspiracy theories. Some people claim the Roswell aliens were brought here for reverse engineering. Others say the moon landing footage was actually shot here on a soundstage. And hundreds of people who saw spy planes flying unfeasibly high above the base called in UFO sightings. The newly declassified documents relate to that U-2 spy plane program, but I'm afraid no mention of UFOs whatsoever. Will this staunch the flow of conspiracy theories? Yeah, right. Nick Watt, ABC News, Los Angeles. Now, that was from ABC News um, saying that Area 51 was hidden for uh, over 60 years. So why would you hide a military program for 60 years 
why would if 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 people who work for the program come out and say they're doing X Y Z there and you know it exists, why deny it? Well, one would say because it's top secret, <laughs> or because they are trying um, to control the narrative. Now we'll get into later about why possibly they're trying to hide these things for us from us and why is it coming out now? But I know you've all heard of crop circles. I want y'all to Google crop circles. Um, they're these mysterious um, formations um, that are in the desert, that are um, in large swaths of grass and crops and stuff. And so these, some of them are burned in, some of them are pressed in like something sat on it. None of these are man-made. And these are um, vis visual from the sky. And people trying to figure out, like, what does these crop circles mean? Is it a language? Did something land on it? What, it is, what is it? Is it a natural phenomenon? And uh, researchers believe that um, this is some type of extraterrestrial language um, that the you, whoever the intelligent beings is who are... Um, driving or operating these um, unidentified flying objects may be communicating with us and uh, some scholars believe that they've been able to crack some of the code um, but listen uh, I know some of you Democrats uh, some of you good old Democrats y'all know about this guy Senator Harry Reid my god the head honcho he used to be the Senate Majority Leader he is who um, uh, Mitch McConnell used to be. He is who, um, I forget that senator out of New York, uh, I forget his name, but he's the new uh, Senate Majority Leader, Mitch, which means he's the leader of all the senators. He used to be, Senator Harry Reid. And um, I'm a, we're going to talk about him in a minute, but before we get to uh, Harry Reid, I want you to check something out. Commander David Fravor still can't explain what he says he saw that day. November 2004, the Navy fighter pilot was on a training mission west of San Diego when he was ordered to check out something in the water not far away. On a clear day, over a smooth ocean, he saw the object, waves breaking over it, and says he saw something hovering above it. It's randomly moving north-south, east-west, just random, you know, just stopping, going the other direction. Like you could do with a helicopter, but a little bit more uh, abrupt. It looks like a 40-foot-long tic-tac with no wings. Fravor says he and his four-man team tracked the object for several minutes until it just disappeared. Tonight, CNN has learned the Pentagon had a secretive program to research UFOs like the one Fravor spotted. The project was called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, run by an official named Luis Elizondo. I think this is a national security imperative. We have clear things that we do not understand how they work operating in areas that we can't control. A defense official tells CNN the program cost at least $22 million over five years before it was shut down in 2012. According to the New York Times and Politico, which first reported this story, tens of millions of dollars for the project were pushed through by former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Those publications say a lot of the money for the Pentagon UFO program went to a company called Bigelow Aerospace, run by a longtime friend of Reid's, Robert Bigelow, a big believer in UFOs. Public records show Bigelow contributed about $20,000 to Reid and his political action committee. That campaign contributor got research contracts from this program that just is a bad picture. It doesn't look good for anybody. There's, it's hard to imagine that something that came about that way and profited somebody who pushed for the program was a good use of taxpayer money. A Pentagon spokesman, in fact, told CNN the program was shuttered because there were, quote, other higher priority issues that merited funding. It's definitely crazy to spend $22 million to research UFOs. Pilots are always going to see things that they can't identify identify and we should probably look into them but to identify them as UFOs to target UFOs to research that is not the priority we have as a national security matter right now but pilots like Fravor who says he saw something see merits in the program 
what if it is real? Because I think it's real because I saw it. Um, and what if there's more of these? And what if we do nothing? Now, just a short time ago, Senator Reid responded to CNN saying he's, quote, proud of this program and its groundbreaking studies speak for themselves, he says. Reid says it's silly and counterproductive to politicize the serious questions raised by the work of the UFO program. The head of that aerospace firm, Robert Bigelow, did not respond to CNN's multiple requests for comment by our deadline. Wolf? Brian, there's also information that former Senator Reid uh, tried to keep information about this entire program out of public view. That's right, Wolf. The New York Times says Reid acknowledged to them that he and two other senators, Ted Stevens and Daniel Inouye, both deceased, did not want public debate on the Senate floor over this program. Reid told the Times that the funding for the project was so-called black money, meaning that was secret money for classified programs. They just didn't want it talked about. Well, for decades, only crackpots and crazy people believed in UFOs. That's what I thought anyway. And then in recent years, it turns out that governments have been taking them seriously all along. Very seriously. Nick Pope is a journalist who has spent years researching UFOs for the British government. He says that UFOs aren't just real. They also frequently come close to crashing into commercial airliners, among other things. Nick Pope joins us tonight. Nick, thank Thank you very much for coming on. Um, so it's really not a question of do governments believe USOs, UFOs are real? Yes, they do. The United States government does. The British government does. The question is, do they have any idea what they are, where they're from? No, we don't. We keep an open mind on it. We don't rule anything uh, off, you know, take nothing off the table with this. Our point really is that whatever these things turn out to be, there is a serious defense national national security and air safety issue here. Yes. Well, so that's and, kind of the nub of it, and that is the, that, that's where my interest comes from. So why aren't governments encouraging the population to, as they say about terrorism, if you see something, say something, report sightings to the government so we can make sense of this potential threat? Well, they should be, and that's what we certainly did at the Ministry of Defense for many years. We took it very seriously. Our own pilots were seeing these things. We were having radar operators track them. And we knew, again, through intelligence and through open source material, we knew that the Russians and the Chinese and others were working on this too. The problem was that just the pop culture baggage from the term UFO, flying saucer, little green men, people don't right. take it seriously, but they should. So we've ruled out, I think, that these are aircraft, experimental aircraft, or technically advanced aircraft from other countries. Is that true? Well, no, we keep an open mind, as I say, and, and some of these things probably are uh, Russian or Chinese, whoever it is, but th that's the point. We must find out if there's something in our airspace we need to know. For years, governments said they didn't do this. They did. I did it for the British government. I can only talk about this now because my old employers are gradually declassifying and releasing information about my old job. We now know, of course, the Pentagon had a program too. I think it will take congressional hearings to get to the bottom of all this, not just in, in uh, the United States, but all around the world. And I, I'd like to see those congressional hearings. Uh, commercial pilots have very often reported sighting objects in the air that seem to defy the laws of physics. To what extent are these objects a threat to commercial aviation, potentially? Well, certainly the British Ministry of Defense and our Civil Aviation Authority, which is the UK equivalent of your FAA, have dozens of cases in our files about near misses, some of which where pilots have had to take evasive action. And again, it comes back to the point, I don't care in one sense what these things are, but when there is this flight safety concern, when we have these near misses, we right. sure as heck should be doing more to find out. That's for sure. Nick Pope, really one of the most credible experts on this subject. I hope you will come back on our show. I appreciate it. Good to see you. It's called The Vault, the FBI's digital reading room, where any of us can go on online and view the Bureau's most notorious cases. Guess which is the most popular file? 
John Dillinger's? Jimmy Hoffa's? Nope. Since we opened the vault, uh, it's been this memo um, about flying discs or flying saucers, and it relates to an allegation that we heard from a third hand, you know, saying that the Air Force had found a couple of, of saucers out in the New Mexico desert. No, no, can't be. I mean, most people want to read about Machine Gun Kelly and Al Capone, right? You would think so, but this memo itself has gotten over a million page views in two years since we put it up. Al Capone uh, doesn't make our top 50. The memo's all of two paragraphs. Agent Guy Hoddle, then head of the FBI's Washington field office, writes that an Air Force investigator stated that three so-called flying saucers had been recovered in New Mexico. They were described as being circular in shape with raised centers, approximately 50 feet in diameter. Not only that, each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in metallic cloth of a very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner similar to the blackout suits used by speed flyers and test pilots. John Fox is the FBI's historian. This was never followed up on, right? No. In fact, it says right here, no further evaluation was attempted concerning the above. Why not? Um, from what's written here, uh, from what we can read, it certainly looks like they thought that this was you know, third-hand information, that this was not necessarily a hoax, which it could well have been, but that you know, someone was simply reporting hearsay. And it was more for the Air Force to look into, along with countless other reports of UFOs in Roswell, New Mexico, and elsewhere, reports that were never substantiated. One reason the memo from Agent Hoddle went viral is because when the FBI vault was set up online two years ago, tabloids seized on that memo, saying it appeared to back up theories that aliens exist. And it's not just the Guy Hoddle memo that's a favorite. There are hundreds of other pages of memos and files in the FBI vault in the unexplained phenomenon section all about alien and UFO sightings that are more popular online than the FBI's files on Bonnie and Clyde, serial killer Ted Bundy, and other famous cases. Cases involving Osama bin Laden, investigations into the murders of civil rights leaders, all part of FBI lore. Fox says out of all the strange cases he's come across... The descriptions here of, you know, 50-foot diameter saucers and human-shaped, three-foot-tall, metallic-clothed <laughs> uh, aliens, that, that's unique. And we can say a little frustrating for FBI officials who say it diverts attention from all the work they've done, all the dangers they've faced through the years to capture fugitives and solve the nation's most difficult crimes. So this is something I feel like, if I was the president, and it's unlikely that that is ever going to happen. You never know. If I was the president... It was unlikely that I was going to be president. <laughs> the moment I was inaugurated, my hand would... would just, it'd still be hot from touching the Bible, and I would immediately race to um, wherever they hold, have the files uh, about Area 51 and the UFOs, yeah. and I'd go through everything to find out what happened. Right. Did you do that? That's why you will not be president. That's the first thing that you would do. Um. <laughs> The, the aliens won't list. let it happen. <laughs> you reveal all their secrets. <laughs> they, 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 they exercise strict control over us. Now, you know, there are a lot of people that are going to examine your, your facial expressions here, um, every, every twitch, everything, oh, no. and say, and of course, so did you look? Did you see? Did you explore? I, I, I can't reveal anything. Oh, really? Because President Clinton said he did go right in, and he did check, and there was nothing. Well, you know, that's, that's what we're instructed to say. <laughs> UFOs? Any UFOs? Did you ask about that? Certainly asked about it. And? Can't tell you. Sorry. Okay. All right, I'll take that as a yes. Because if there were none, Why you'd not? say there was none, right? <laughs> you just played your hand. I thought you were a poker player. You just 100% showed your river card. Feel, feel free to think that. I do. I do. <laughs>
but multiple witnesses report seeing a large blue object fall out of the sky and into the ocean. Something is in the sky. What is that? This video was taken by Misitina Sape at 826 Tuesday night near Haleakala Avenue in Nanokuli. Not long after, a woman named Mariah spotted the same thing passing over Princess Kahanu Estates. And then I was like, oh, I started calling my husband then because it was all in the garage. I was like, hey, look up there. See what I see. They all said, yeah. The 38 year old says she's never really been a believer in UFOs, but the bright blue object had them so intrigued they jumped in the car and started following it. I don't know what it was. This one was going so fast. The journey ended less than three miles from where it began on Farrington Highway in front of the Board of Water Supply building after the object appeared to drop into the ocean. On a line in the water, whatever it is. She described it as being larger than a telephone pole and says she never heard it make any sound. We called 911 for have like one cop or somebody for come out and um, come check them out. While officers were on scene, she says they spotted a second light. My husband went look up and he seen the white one coming. The white one was smaller, was coming in the same direction as the blue one. They lost sight of the object after it passed over a nearby mountain. This morning, we asked Honolulu police if investigators figured out what fell in the water. A spokesperson told us they didn't have any information. Meanwhile, officials from the FAA said they received a report from police Tuesday night about a possible plane down in the area, but had no aircraft disappear off radars and no reports of overdue or missing aircraft. Wow, that's like Although Mariah's had a couple days to think about it, she says she's still baffled by what she saw. To this day, I don't know. If you guys can find out what it was, I'll let you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Allison Blair, Hawaii News Now. exist and President Trump knows about it. That's according to Israel's former space security chief. In an interview with an Israeli newspaper, he said 
The aliens have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general what space and spaceships are. NBC News Chief Global Correspondent Bill Neely explains this one. Hi, Alison. Well, this is quite a story, and it comes from the man who headed Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years. Chaim Eshed is making the extraordinary claim that the United States and Israel have been in contact with a group of aliens for years, not immigrants, but extraterrestrials. He has called them the Galactic Federation of Aliens, and he says President Trump is aware of the existence of these aliens and had been on the verge of revealing their secrets, he claims, but was asked not to do so by the Federation in order to prevent what he calls mass hysteria. Well, the retired general says the U.S. and Israel have kept it from the public because, quotes, humanity isn't ready and the aliens don't want to reveal themselves until humanity can evolve, he says, and understand what space really is. Well, the good news is that he claims an agreement has been reached between the U.S. government and the aliens, a contract to do experiments here. There's also, he says, a secret underground base on Mars where there are American and alien representatives. Now, this former head of a branch of Israel's defense ministry is 87. He was very well respected, at least until now. And he said all this in an interview with an Israeli newspaper in Hebrew, but it's really taken off after parts of it were published in English by the Jerusalem Post today. He says he's come forward now in the hope that his news will be accepted as true. He notes that if he'd made these claims five years ago, he would have been hospitalized, but now he says, I've got nothing to lose. Well, so far, President Trump has not tweeted about this, though remember a year ago, he did set up the Space Force as the fifth branch of the US Armed Forces. Well, we did ask the White House, the Department of Defense, and Israeli officials to comment. So far, they have not responded to the NBC News request. And I wonder if they ever will. Alison. So back to Senator Harry Reid. Um, Senator Harry Reid, as we saw um, and we heard, he was the one, he was the Senate Majority Leader at it for, for quite some time. And him and two other senators who are now deceased um, put some black money together, meaning uh, money that's not publicly on the books so that they can, the government does this from time to time so that they can fund uh, operations and things that the government ain't privy to. And so they earmarked dollars. And so they created this program called the ATIP program which is the uh, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And this particular program was created uh, by Senator Harry Reid and some key senators. And it was, um, it was a program that was developed um, by the department, through the Department of Defense. Uh, here on Wikipedia, it says that the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program was an unclassified but unpublicized investigatory effort funded by the United States government to study unidentified flying objects or unexplained aerial phenomena. Now, the reason why it was unclassified but unpublicized, what they're saying is, see, if it was classified, then it would have those senators would have had to get a majority of the Senate or get the White House and other people involved um, to, to create a program that was classified. So this was an unclassified program, but didn't nobody know it existed except for a few, uh, maybe the President of the United States, uh, the, the Director of the Department of Defense, and uh, a few key senators, as well as scientists and other people and investigators or whoever they had working for them. But it says the program was first made public on December 16th in 2017, and the program began in 2007. So they had 10 years of running with a funding of $22 million over over the five years until the available appropriations were ended in 2012. Um, the, the, the program began in the U.S. Defense 
Intelligence Agency. And according to the Department of Defense, the ATIP ended in 2012 after five years. However, reporting suggested that the U.S. government programs to investigate UFOs continued. This was confirmed in June 2020 when the acknowledgement of a similar military program, the unclassified but previously unreported Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, or what they like to call uh, the UAEP uh, program. Now, this is all public information because um, investigative journalists and all different types of people have got involved and done did some FOIs, Freedom of Informations, and different things like that. And some stuff have trickled out about these uh, programs. And because these programs were not classified, uh, because they couldn't get classif classification clearance, um, people was able to get find out about their existence. Now, the uh, UAP program, this is the program that uh, took over the ATIP program, the program that Harry Reid started that they said uh, ran out of gas because they stopped funding it. But actually what they did was when people just when 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 it was discovered that the program was running, they defunded it so that it had shut down. They basically uh, killed it and uh, simultaneously created another one under another name with different partners. I mean, not partners, different participants, um, and kept the program going. And so the United, the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Um, is a program within the United States Office of Naval Intelligence used to standardize collection and reporting on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles. So you see, they they not only did they uh, kill that other program and start this one, but they started this program within um, the Naval Intelligence uh, Department. See. They, they they started it in another uh, uh, another part of the Department of Defense so that people wouldn't catch uh, wind of it. it. Says the program was detailed in a June 2020 hearing of the United States Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. In December 2017, the United States Department of Defense confirmed the existence of a defense program used to collect data on military UFO sightings. Despite the disbandment of the ATIP program, Advanced Aero Threat Identification Program in 2012, like its predecessor program, the UAP Task Force is managed by the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence in collaboration with the Office of Naval Intelligence. And after June 2020, Senate hearing, Senate, Senator Marco Rubio, a Republican, requested the release of video footage of unexplained aerial vehicles collected by the United States Navy, including the Pentagon and UFO videos. Now, some people will say, well, uh, you know, if they're trying to keep it secret, you know, why is Senator Marco Rubio trying to uh, out it? Why is he trying to out it? And one of the reasons why he's trying to out it is because he's like, man, we're spending all of this money on this program that none of us know about. You guys are this, you know, you guys have earmarked some American dollars for this program that none of us know about. And I'm extremely interested in what y'all got going on. So I demand that you release it publicly. And so that's what we have now. Now there uh, have been, um, uh, wreckages there have been um all over the world there's been um all different types of sightings um crashes debris um the united states government um at this year as a matter of fact confirmed um that they may be indeed um not that they may be indeed but that they uh, are in possession of one of these particular uh, vehicles. I don't even want to call it a vehicle or whatever it is. Um, but this has been uh, something that's been happening for decades. And the whole entire world is complicit 
and uh, keeping this away. And so one might think that that Israeli, the head of the Israeli space program who says that they got some type of deal worked out with uh, the others <laughs> um, so that, you know, they won't be outed um, because people won't be ready. And who knows, why are, why are they leaking out the information now? What do they know that we don't know? Um, and so that is, uh, that's the thing. And so there's been all different types of um, uh, reports. Some have been proven to be false. There are possible. There's people lying. You know, there's a few people I've, you know, I've been studying this for quite some time. There's some uh, people whose stories, you know, don't add up. Um, but there are a few people who have some very legitimate stories uh, who've been telling the stories for decades, 40, 50 years, and they have not changed um, and all different types of stuff. And uh, when you ask the people around them who knew them at this time and what was going on, um, you will see the credibility in these stories. There are stories about um, um, whole entire villages and um, like places in Africa and, um, and different places where uh, school children, uh, the principal, the teachers saw a UFO or some un, you, uh, unidentified flying object 100 yards away landing. Everybody saw it. They reported it and everything. And 20, 30 years, they went back and asked everybody, all of the people, got all the kids. They are now adults and the teachers and all of them. And they all saying the same story. And they all spread out all around the world. You know, as they grown up, some moved, you know, to England and different other places like that. But um, it is um, extremely interesting. And so um, the United States government, uh, through Donald Trump, through the Trump administration, actually um, the Space Force, the United States Space Force, um, which is a branch of the Air Force, um, was already in motion before Trump came. Matter of fact, it was in it was in motion before President Clinton. The Space Force was being designed and worked on um, under President Reagan in the eighties, and so they just now unveiling it um, as an actual force now in uh, twenty twenty. And um, you know they've all of their 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 space cadets and all of that. They've been trained up. You know, all this type of stuff has been happening for decades and now they're ready. But the whole premise of the Space Force, um, the United States Space Force, is uh, not for exploration. See, that's NASA. NASA exploration. NASA are scientists. NASA are, NASA, um, are collectors. You know, they go and find stuff and test rocks and you know, measure things and look at the stars and the atmosphere and the universe and the galactic, all of this. But the space force, keyword force. See, this space force, you know, is not for other countries. We got militaries, we got Navy, we got Army, we got Marine, we got all of that for other countries. See, the space force is not uh for exploration the space force is to keep whatever's out there from getting in here see it's a force this is an actual united states government military wing that specializes in intergalactic fighting and not fighting china why are we going we, we why are we going to fight china in outer space you know what I'm saying? It ain't even no gravity up there. How we gonna shoot a missile uh at you know um how we gonna how we gonna fight in outer space against China when we can fight them right here on land? See the space force, I want y'all to open up your eyes. The space force is for what's out there so that it don't come in here. And the United States government has been prepping for this. They have been prepping us, the people, for years. And now we come into a point where things are starting to trickle out. I believe they're trickling out by design to prep us 
for something that is coming. And so that means they know it's coming. They see it's coming. You know, they maybe it might get it might not get here for a couple years because they saying, you know, 200 light years away. I don't know what it might be, but something's happening and the whole world is getting prepared for it. And um, so the United States Space Force, according to uh, Wikipedia, uh, is the space service branch of the United States Armed Forces, one of the eight U.S. uniformed services and the world's first and currently only independent space force. The U.S. Space Force is a military service branch, and along with sister branch, the U.S. Air Force is part of the Department of the Air Force, one of three civilian-led military departments within the Department of Defense. The Space Force through the Department of the Air Force is overseen by the Secretary of the Air Force, a civilian political appointee who reports to the Secretary of Defense and is appointed by the President with Senate confirmation. The military head of the Space Force is the Chief of Space Operations, who is the most senior Space Force officer unless a, sports, a Space Force officer is serving as either the Chairman or Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The Chief of Space Operations exercises supervision over the Space Force's units and serve as one of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So this Space Force... The head of the Space Force is the head honcho. He's either the, the chief of the Joint Chiefs of Staff or he is a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, the Space Force is the smallest U.S. armed service consisting of 2,501 guardians. They're calling it guardians. Guardians and operating 77 spacecraft. Major spacecraft and systems include the Global Positioning System, Constellation, Military Satellite Communication Constellations, uh, the Boeing X Space Plane, the U.S. Missile Warning System, U.S. Space Surveillance Network, and the Satellite Control Network. Under the Goldwater-Nichols Act, the Space Force is responsible for organizing, training, and equipping space forces which are then presented to the Unified Combatant Commands, predominantly to United States Space Command for operational employment. So this Space Force is, is huge. It's a big deal. I mean, uh, the United States, we are, they claim that we are the only one with a Space Force, but we got a Space Force for a reason. And it is because of these unidentified aerial phenomenon that they have been telling y'all that don't exist for years and years and decades and decades and you bought into it and now they are forced for whatever reason maybe because the technology is so spread everybody got phones and everybody's asking questions about things now maybe that's the reason why but they're being forced to um, admit that these things are true so um, the Space Force is um, the Space Force is very uh, interesting to me and um, like I said the Space Force is to keep whatever's out there out and to stop it from coming in um, and so yes they've been um, talking about these sightings um, talking about how um, these unidentified aerial phenomena they call them UAPs now have been um, swarming uh, military bases and nuclear plants. Um, they have the ability to uh, shut down um, military, whole military uh, nuclear plants. They've been able to shut down whole warships, cloak themselves so they can't be tracked. Um, they're able to uh, move in so many different uh, directions um, unknown to, to, to our intelligence um, they can uh, stay in place without a sound they're transmedial meaning they can go from the air into the ocean see we ain't got no technology like that 
We got submarines, which are up under the ocean. We got boats and ships, which is on top of the ocean. And we got planes, jets, and choppers and all that type of stuff that fly. But we ain't got nothing that go from the air and dive into the water and go as deep as it could possibly go without being destroyed. Um, we ain't got nothing like that. And so these particular um, flying objects um are are very mystical they're very uh perplexing to um military and cia agents um so yeah it's very it's 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 very very deep um what's going on and um the things that they say that these particular uh, UFOs are able to do is uh, is crazy. And so you got all of these sightings. Um, you have all of these different uh, pictures that's leaking out from the government um, and all different types of things. There have been some things that look iffy but turned out to be, you know, like maybe some type of weather balloon or something like that. Uh, but the stuff that the government... I don't care about none of that stuff. I don't even care about the cell phone video. What I care about is the stuff that the government said is true. You see what I'm saying? See, that's the point. See, y'all, you, you can you can argue with me and say, "Oh man, you know, all people they they look them might be birds or balloons or some type of trick of the eye or some light or something, y'all, some reflection." That might be possible, but for the United States government. Uh, with all of the science and stuff in their worlds, with all of their their pilots and scientists and commanders and military people that know what's, know the capabilities of what we could do, when they confirm that these things, they don't know what it is and that they're true, that's when you need to start uh, paying attention. Uh, and so what I want to do is uh, I want to show you one quick thing. In night vision video from a Navy destroyer, a mysterious flying triangle above the deck of the ship. The Pentagon confirming the images obtained by documentary filmmaker Jeremy Corbell were taken by Navy personnel, expected to be a part of a report on unidentified aerial phenomenon to be presented to Congress this summer. Already online, some skeptics say the images are caused by cameras trying to focus, but some of the objects go beyond just flying in the sky. One shows a spherical object dipping into the ocean, similar to an incident in Puerto Rico, where an object was tracked buzzing an airport, then flying into the water, popping back out before appearing to split into two and disappearing. Over the last several weeks, some of the nation's top former intelligence officials have been raising eyebrows. Former CIA director R. James Woolsey said he knew of a case where a plane was paused in midair. A friend of mine was able to have his aircraft stop at 40,000 feet or so and not continue uh, uh, operating as a normal uh, aircraft. What was going on? In December, ex-CIA director John Brennan said it was arrogant to believe there are no other forms of life other than the ones on Earth. And former intelligence chief John Radcliffe says officials have been tracking technology beyond our capabilities. We're talking about objects picked up by satellite imagery that are difficult to explain. Like another incident off the coast of California in 2004, when a fighter squadron encountered an object that seemed to defy gravity. What do you think it is? I, I honestly don't know. I don't think that we have developed that technology. I don't think we developed it on this planet. Video from that encounter and two other incidents were officially released by the Pentagon last year. Now new signs that the Pentagon could declassify more sightings of what they can't explain. And guys, now here's the thing about those last three F-18 videos. I recently asked uh, the former director of uh, the Advanced Aerial Threat Identification Program at the Pentagon, point blank, are those the only videos that the government has? He said no. Those were probably the least compelling videos. And in some videos, you see an object about 50 feet away from the cockpit. Mm. Guys. Okay, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't want to say I don't believe because I don't want them to come prove me wrong. 
Exactly. So, right. I'm with you. And by the way, think about every person who thinks they've seen something oh. up in the sky. These are these are just the military confirmed ones. I don't like it. I'd wow. like to go back just like <laughs> thinking that this isn't real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I'd like to be happy in my ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Find your favorite recipes, celebrity interviews, uplifting stories, shop our favorite deals, and so much more with the Today app. Download it now. Yeah, so that is season two, episode one of the Unapologetically Black Male and Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Kelly. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this informational uh, podcast. Hopefully I was able to uh, uh, spark some interest in your brains. But tune in um, for season two, episode two, for We Are, we Are Not Alone, part two.